There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, this is uh, a long episode. So much that this is part one of a two-part episode. I don't think we've ever done that um, in 222 episodes. This is a, We're going to get a sequel to this episode, which is great. Yeah. I, I As you thought, I never thought about the two-parter, but yeah, we've definitely never done a two-parter before. We've had long episodes. Yeah, I I was thinking this one is probably like a three hour episode, uh, but I'm going to talk fast today if I don't already talk fast. But um, for those playing along at home, this is uh, the state of DC part one because oh my god, uh, there's a there's a lot of things going on with DC Comics right now, and it's kind of like you ever you ever no- notice that like your phone's listening to you? Oh yeah, all the time, all the time, right? Especially Facebook. Yeah. Right. So like you're looking up something. Let's say you're looking up kibbles and bits for your dog and you're talking about it and boom, there's an ad for kibbles and bits. So life is kind of trolling us because DC fandom is coming at the end of the month or end of the week and now DC's in turmoil. So it's like, oh, you're talking about DC. How can I 2020 it? And that's where we're at. Uh, DC got 2020. <laughs> It's the best way to say it. But before we get into that, um, it wouldn't be an Active Geek episode if we didn't talk news because I got two things and then I got my pick of the week for comics. It's a DC edition, uh, which is pretty hard because they're not putting out new books. But uh, I want to talk about two things. One is a solid casting confirmation uh, for a series that you and I both love and a casting that you hate. And uh, the second is for a franchise that we both love. So they both kind of coincide with the letter D. Disney and Dynamite. Let's start with Disney. And uh, it looks like the rumor mill is is added again with Adam Driver saying that there's a chance that Kylo Ren is getting another movie or a series on Disney+. Plus. I want to know your thoughts about that. Uh, It's actually the first time I've heard of this. So um, I don't hate it. I I don't hate Kylo Ren. Um, There were certain aspects that I didn't like about him. But I think his story is really cool, and if it's a prequel, I think it would be even better. So, Rise of Kylo Ren, the comics. Yeah, I haven't read that yet. I I, I just purchased it, um, but I I think it could be a great story if if done right. Um, I would prefer probably a series. Yeah, me too. Um, and honestly. It doesn't have to be Adam Driver 100%. Like, you could start with the kids. Uh, it would be cool to get uh, a young Luke Skywalker to come in there. Maybe you get, like, Finn Wolfhard to play a young Kylo Ren. And then Adam Driver comes in the teenage years. They kind of de-age him a little bit. And you get to see where he goes, how the Knights of Ren formed, his relationship with Snoke. Uh, I'm, I'm on board with a series. If it's a movie, it has to be an origin, in my mind. Because... If it's not an origin, that means that the Skywalker saga is not done. And we were led to believe that the Skywalker saga is done. And I want it to be that way. I want it to be done. I want other stories to be told. I want other characters to be introduced. Um, with mentions to the Skywalkers, I'm, I'm cool with that. But uh, in terms of Kylo Ren and a movie, it, it has to be a prequel to me. It's got to be like The Hobbit. Yeah, I, you know, I would like to see in the veins of the Obi-Wan. You know, um, because he's part of the Skywalker saga and, you know, this isn't continuing. It's just his time uh, 
between New Hope and the Clone Wars. Yeah, it's parallel to the Skywalker saga. So I would be okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously from what happened at the end of Rise of the Skywalker, he's dead. So um, to me, it would have to be a prequel. I mean, I'm sure they could get away around it, which I wouldn't be happy about. But I would like to see what you said a little bit ago is the forming of the Knights of Ren. Yeah. Because we got a very brief taste of them in The Rise of Skywalker, and that was it. Yeah. So I would really like to see that, um, you know, pre-Force Awakens, I would like to see. I mean, you and I both have Knights of Ren t-shirts, the exact same one that we both bought for each other for the same holiday, Um, which is ironic, but... They essentially got Phasma. They got a little more screen time, no dialogue, and they looked like the coolest intergalactic death metal band yeah. uh, ever compiled and really had one pretty cool fight scene, and then they were over with. So, yeah, def- definitely a a prequel origin story to the Knights of Ren and the relationship with Snoke. And this is Disney's way of saying, we're going to fix everything that Ryan Johnson did with these characters that everybody wanted to know more about. And that's where we're going to go, unless this is a Ryan Johnson series. And then it's going to be wild. Like, the mask is going to be broken every single second. You know, Snoke's Snoke's going to have dreadlocks. It's going to be a mess. But uh, I'm glad to see that we're both on board. I would, when I thought of it, I was like, oh, Chuck's going to be uh, either on board or vehemently, like, against it. Because uh, you weren't a Kylo uh, fan for a while because uh, he was a little whiny. Yeah, he is, but um, I, I really, I think the character has a lot that can be dived into. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we'll see. Um, let's go to a, a casting that uh, I'm excited about. I posted it on Instagram, The Active Geek, uh, just Monday, this past Monday. Yeah. And you texted me, and you were like, "No, no, 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 I don't like this one. Don't want it. Get out of here." Uh, Jensen Eccles, everybody's favorite. Uh, is cast in the boys, and he's going to play uh, Soldier Boy, not to be confused with Soldier Boy, uh, who cranked that in early 2000s. But he's playing Soldier Boy in season three, and Soldier Boy is essentially the first superhero celebrity. He was he was like their Captain America, did the the whole World War One thing, came out, and then he was you know in love with the the power, the success, and the ladies and everything else. So. What is your thoughts on uh, Mr. Eccles joining The Boys Season 3? Well, you know, if you and anybody listening to podcasts, I'm not a huge fan of Jansen Ankles. Yeah. Um, I know I messed that up, and but it's it's uh, my way of pronouncing Showing him anything. disrespect? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge fan of him, never have been. Uh, I've seen him only in a couple of things and never liked him. Um, I, I guess... It fits. You know, I can see... I could definitely... He's got the superhero body. He's got, you know, the superhero look. I could definitely see him in the boy's role. Um, So, I'm not... I'm not against the character. I'm just not fond of the actor. Um, So... But the image that you showed me, or that you put on our Instagram, uh, was of a character pissing himself. So, uh, I'd like to see that. 
Yeah, I feel like that absolutely happens. They're pretty close to uh, the comics a little bit when it comes to certain characters, and I feel like that is a, a big moment for Soldier Boy. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I don't know too much about the boys, pretty much just from what the TV show is. So um, it's crazy that season two hasn't came out yet. It's what, a few weeks away, and season three is ramping up already. Yeah. So, well, they don't want they don't want the second wave of Corona to happen. So it's uh, it's reassuring that Amazon has so much faith in the series that they're just going, yeah, we're we're going straight for it. So, um, yep, that is exciting that they are uh, currently casting season three already. Um, but I'm not, you know, and I'll and I'll hold judgment. I'm sure he'll fit great in the universe, but. I'm not a huge fan of him. What I what I will say is, um, you know, he's not my number one fanboy moment uh, of a celebrity. But what I will say is that the boys are doing a good job at taking people who were popular in other franchises and casting them into roles that maybe for one season or maybe for a, uh, the whole run. You had Sean Ashmore last week, like we talked about, uh, who was very popular in the X or uh, in the X Men. Jensen Eccles, very popular in Supernatural. A lot of people are thinking Jared Padalecki follows. He gets a role in uh, in The Boys, too. I don't know if they're a package deal. Maybe it's part of their contract. But then earlier this year, there were rumors that Jeffrey Dean Morgan was up for yeah. talks uh, for a role in season three. So they are they're amassing. It's like they're putting together like the Comic-Con Avengers, where like they're picking popular people from not Marvel, not DC, and putting them into, uh, like I said, like Sean, Sean Ashen, uh, Ashmore is obviously a, a Marvel guy, but putting them into the boys and saying, listen, we've got our superheroes too, and we're going to do them better justice than what their pre-existing universes had already done. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I want to see season two before I even make my judgments on season three. Yeah. So we'll do a boys episode later in the year, but well, late next month. Let's go to my, my pick. Pick of the week, comic pick of the week, and then we're going to talk DC. Uh, this is a DC comic because it's the state of DC, and it's a guidebook. I never thought I would uh, recommend the guidebook, but you need really? this one. Yeah, this is a Dark Knight's death metal guidebook to the mul- dark multiverse or the metalverse. Okay. Um, we've talked a lot about the metalverse, yeah. and uh, we are pro-metalverse, and we're both reading the death metal storyline and yeah. the, the, the series, and... It can get confusing if you're not a comic book reader, and here's your chance. Here's your chance to kind of pick up a guidebook, find out where you're at, find out what you missed, find out what you're going to experience in the future, and then you go from there. So I recommend that. Uh, This will be the second um, guidebook that I've gotten in the past two weeks because I got an Empire guidebook last week for uh, Marvel. Yeah, I'll probably definitely pick up this guidebook. I mean, I have... um all the metal stuff I'm currently reading the death metal stuff so uh, it's a great series great great storyline so um, I would definitely pick it up yeah and plus um, issue or issue three has probably the sickest variant that I've ever seen uh, and that's hard to say from death metal but they had the one with the Robin King on it and um, super pumped when I saw that so uh, that's gonna get hung up on the studio wall once uh, I redo the studio in a new house. But anyway, let's go to the state of D.C. So the reason why we're doing this episode is because a little while ago, AT&T bought Warner Brothers. Yeah. And when AT&T brought, uh, bought Warner Brothers, they 
they put together a, a thing called the Warner Media, which is the umbrella that DC Comics falls under. So Warner Brothers and DC now share different spokes of this Warner Media. So everyone was wondering what would happen to the staff and the content, DC Universe and stuff like that. And just like any company takeover, people lose their jobs. So let's talk about the people who, uh, who have lost their jobs. Then I want to talk about a rumor, then the changes, some cancellations, and then the future. So at DC, uh, the editor-in-chief, Bob Harris, editors Brian Cunningham and Mark Doyle, which is important because he oversaw black, the black label, uh, Senior Vice President of Publishing Strategy and Support Services, Hank Canals, VP of Marketing, Jonah Wyland, and VP of Global Publishing Initiatives and Digital Strategy, Bobby Chase, have all exited as part of this restructuring. Now, that last one, I want to know how big his uh, business card is for that title. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, also, everybody that worked for DC Universe was fired. Yeah. So... Spoiler alert, uh, Chuck and I have been talking about this since probably last November, that DC Universe was going to tank and it was going to end up going to HBO Max. And it's happening. And with that, there was a big overarching rumor that I don't know if you saw this, but it got my attention and it was quickly kind of addressed that DC was done making comics. What? Did you hear that? Yes. So... Last week, the biggest rumor was DC's done with comics. Comics don't make money. Uh, Warner Media and AT&T don't want to put enough effort and enough money into making comics, so they said, we're going to get rid of the comics. So, in walks the man, the myth, the legend, and the publisher of creative content and strategy, Jim Lee, uh, a ideal guest for our podcast. But he comes in and says, no, 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 that's not the case. Everything that's been greenlit is going to continue. And though it's been greenlit, we are going to make some cuts on different series and different writers, and we're not going to renew contracts, a la Steve Orlando. And this is what's going to happen. But a lot of people are worried about what's going to happen because now they've changed some positions. So editors-in-chief are now split between two people, and they were editors Marie Janvis or Javins and Michelle Wells. They're going to share that role. And that's going to preside over a a smaller, more concentrated edito- uh, editorial group. Jim Lee is going to stay on, like I said, to focus on creative content and strategy. And Lee also said that they're also going to bring in a general manager to oversee HBO as it's going to absorb DC Universe content and more digital comics are going to be coming in the future as opposed to paper solicitations. So... Let's start with that. Let's start with the layoffs and the changes. What do you make of all this? Um, it's kind of crazy because, you know, you're saying something like, hey, we are going. I don't know. I'm kind of lost of words because it's crazy. Like. DC, even though we we gripe and harp on them, it's a good company and they put out great content and. You know, the TV's been great. The comics have been killing it the past couple years. And to kind of reshift everything is really a shocker. I mean, the the movies have have been hit or miss. They haven't been probably what they've been thought, but... And other types of media between TV and comics and animation, they 
they kill it. They, and they do an amazing job. And to sit there and say, you know, have everything in question is kind of, it's mind-boggling. Because I, I don't see where they, where they're going to go with this and why. You know, I get to see <clears throat> reshifting and doing stuff like that, but it kind of makes no sense. Yeah. You, you buy a company that owns a comic book company, and the first thing you're going to do is say, yeah, we're going to really restructure and scale back comic book production. Um, I never thought in, in, a, in a world that we live in that Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman comics would be in jeopardy uh, because they're like the one, two, and three main superheroes across the world. Um, I, my thought is that AT&T obviously knows nothing about producing content. Uh, other than their phones, and now they're doing 5G cable and all that stuff. Uh, my thought is that they're going to really need to sit down with the board of ex- executives and the pe- and Jim Lee and Marie Javins and Michelle Wells to kind of get a full understanding of what's at stake here and how much you know the comics are the cornerstone of yeah. DC Comics. Um, you know, it's not just it's not called DC Entertainment; it's called DC Comics. And if without the comics, you're not going to be able to t- touch back on those storylines, and you're not going to be able to cre- obviously you'll be able to create new storylines, but you can't expand on those storylines that you can't you can in the movie in the comics. You know what I mean? The movie only gives you steps one through three, where you can go so much more broader in the comics. You can have full full fledged dragons and different uh, interdimensional stuff. I get where AT&T comes in and says maybe you're putting too many titles out and like 85 Batman stories and 17 Wonder Woman stories and Superman's got his own black label. He's got his own main label. He's on Vertigo. He's on Justice League. Like maybe scale it back and let's see where we go from there. Give us the starter pack of superheroes per se. But uh, Jim Lee said, you know, this is what's going to happen. We're going to continue to make comics. Uh Man, it's it's crazy because like when Marvel was purchased by Disney, we didn't have this fear and we no, didn't have because, these rumors. And you know, Marvel knew or Disney knew what they had, and they know. You know, it's crazy to think like it would be like us buying McDonald's and saying we're not going to sell food, <laughs> and it just doesn't make any sense. Like, okay, you want to make more movies, you want to make more TV shows. Well, where is this stuff coming from? It's coming from the comics. And eventually things are going to get stale. So you need these new and bright ideas in these comics that eventually can become a movie, can become a series. Um, I just, it really, really baffles me that you're, yeah, that you're going to buy a comic book company and not use the comic book. I think that AT&T is not buying them for the comic books. I think they're buying them for the Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman IP, and that's a juggernaut in Hollywood. They're like, okay, we can expand on this. We could do 85 movies, TV shows, all this crazy stuff, and we don't have to worry about comics because not everybody's going to buy a comic. Uh, Superman, you know, 1,000 was not a billion-dollar comic. Batman, 1,000 was not a billion-dollar comic. So they're in the money game. Uh, It's sad that... The shift might be we're just going to go straight to digital and DC is going to become a digital um, company because uh, it sucks for me because I practically only read like my the, my pull list is yeah, mainly yeah. DC and uh, I prefer flipping through mm-hmm. a page and getting variant covers and hanging my variant covers um, and I'm going to miss that. But 
for the time being, DC Comics is going to stay around and produce more comics. And if you're listening to this and you're a comic book fan, uh, best thing you do is buy more comics. Yeah. Save DC. Uh, I, they might not be sinking, and maybe we're all just overreacting, but I'm going to go with what I was given, and I'm going to react to it. Now, let's talk comics that get canceled. Um, and uh, I can't believe it. I think two of them are yours and two of them are mine. Mine, I believe. We, we mine, split I them. Right. So let's start with buying. Um, Suicide Squad by Tom Taylor is getting canceled, which blows my mind because Suicide Squad is getting a movie soon. Yeah. So you're getting rid of a movie title comic. But I I digress. Hellblazer is also getting canceled. I get this. John Constantine probably doesn't sell a bunch of comics. He's better on television. He's better in a team. But they're going to do a black label Constantine in the near future. So I'm cool with it. Then they're canceling Hawkman, which was a pretty cool series. I gave up on that a while ago. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Opened up a little more towards the character. Gave We'll talk a little more Hawkman later, but uh, it gave you a better look at the character that many people forgot about. And then here's yours. Um, only one of them is yours. I'm sorry. Young Justice is getting canceled. Really? And Teen Titans. So they're doing away with the, the kids. Uh, Young Justice, I, I'm not upset about. Um, it, it's not geared towards me at all. Uh, it, it kind of fell off at first. It was pretty good and it kind of fell off a little bit, got a little weird. Um, so I'm not mad at that one. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little upset with Suicide Squad and, uh, Hellblazer, but maybe they have bigger things in the future and they're going to shift the, the, um, the lineup for Suicide Squad to fit the movie once DC Fandom is uh, or has announced the cast. Uh, but we'll talk about the future and DC Fandom in a little bit. But this episode is also in disguise uh, two yeah. reviews because we're going to review uh, Doom Patrol Season 2 and we're going to review Stargirl Season 1. So let's start with the weird as per usual. Let's go to Doom Patrol. And um, I'm just going to say this. Uh, season 2 was weird as per yeah. usual. Um, I walked in getting a Doom, Doom Patrol series. I knew what I was going to get. I knew I was going to get characters that I didn't like and characters that I do like. I knew I was going to get obscure characters. And I think we got a ton of comic book characters who made their debut. We got Red Jack. We got Dr. Uh, Doctor Time. We got the Sex Men. We got some more Danny. Danny the Brick. Danny the Club. Danny the Street. A lot of Danny. Um, and we got Abigail, or Do- uh, Dorothy, who was played by Abigail Shapiro. And then... It was like we talked about the first episode, remember, or the first three actually. We reviewed it, and how you said it was it was rushed, and it definitely felt rushed. And the series was rushed because it was shut down nine episodes in due to COVID. So, a lot of answer questions weren't answered, and a lot of storylines weren't tied up. And season three is like kind of like season two B for yeah. me. Uh, but overall, if I talk about what I think. I like the series. I'm, I'm a fan of the weird. I'm a fan of breaking down some uh, character tropes and seeing where they go and looking to see if I get some more evolution. Uh, what were your thoughts on season two? Um, I I like the show. I don't love it. You know, I don't. It's not something that I'm dying to see. To me, it's a little too weird. Um, I kind of feel that they are in the same vein of like how like B horror movies are. Like some B horror movies, they 
they're gory just to be gory. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, they have no sense, and they're just like, oh, we're just going to throw a lot of blood. Here you go. And I kind of feel that's how Doom Patrol is. They're like, we can be weird. Let's do the weirdest shit we can do and just throw it in there. And some of it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, to me, some of the storylines, it just seemed very piecemeal. And, you know, the the biggest trope is obviously the Dorothy storyline. But, you know, they pepper in, oh, we're going to do an ep- episode with this character. It kind of felt like the villain of the week where yeah. they just kind of threw, okay, this week is Dr. Tom. This week is uh, Shady Mr. Evans. This week is Red Jack. And it kind of like, to me, kind of seemed murky and cloudy. Like it just didn't, they just kind of threw everything in there and just, it kind of didn't stick. Okay. In, in my opinion. I mean, it was, it was good. You know, the Dorothy storyline was good, but it, they were peppering so much weird other things in there. It kind of just kind of got jumbled. Yeah. Um, I, I, def- I, I can see that. I definitely agree. Um, so let's let's jump ahead real quick and, and tell me what didn't work for you. Because I have a few things that didn't work for me, and I want to see if it kind of lines up with where uh, what didn't work for you. It, kind of what I just said. Um, it just... the. The story, like the the Dorothy storyline, was so good, and but it just didn't seem like they had enough, or th- that they, they could have lasted. So they kind of were just throwing everything at you, and it just it just seemed con- convoluted and just just jumbled. And okay. to me, that just it turned me away because like it's kind of like okay, this episode is you know about the sex men, and it's gonna have. 10 minutes of Dorothy and 45 minutes of something that looks cool. And then you never, never see her talk about again. Um, so to me, the Dorothy storyline, you know, you had 13 episodes of an hour at, or nine episodes. That's nine hours. And the Dorothy storyline maybe was two hours worth an hour and a half, maybe. Okay. So to me, it just was very murky and cloudy. Okay. Uh, the one thing that didn't work for me was the Dorothy Goes to Space episode. <laughs> um, I didn't like... I understand why it was included in the series. Uh, it was a big moment for both Cliff and Dorothy. But I didn't like that. I think it took away from the... At, it was maybe poor placement. Because we were, we were in the, the midst of things. I think this is right after Baby Doll died. And, you know, the Candlemaker went to the underground and really wreaked havoc down in the underground. And... Then it was like, oh, Dorothy went to space. And I was like, oh, my God. And then you get, like, the the weird negative spirit astronauts. And I'm like, I don't want to do – I don't want to deal with this right now. Like, this is too much. Like, I didn't like that episode, but I get where they went. Um, the other thing, it kind of echoes what you said. The storylines to me really were reminiscent of season one. It, and I know this is an ongoing series, but they were identical to season one. Rita's issues with her mom. Larry's issues with her family. There's problems in the underground. Cliff's problems with his daughter. <laughs> cyborg is coming to find uh coming to terms with who he is and it just continued and continued and continued and now we're going into season three and we still have no resolutions yeah we still like cliff's still an asshole father he's trying and claire claire really likes him but then you know he's got to save the world and you know everybody hates the chief and 
you know, Vic is in love with a, a murderer and Larry's parents, kids hate him. And like, there's so much going on that was so reminiscent of season one that I felt like I was just watching a 1922 episode season yeah. instead of just two two seasons. So I, I really didn't see a lot of growth in the characters, but I get it. It was a rush season, maybe 10, 11, 12, and 13 episodes. Uh, they were going to be so much more and we were going to get what we actually asked for. But those are kind of the things that didn't stick out. Now, I think this is probably a layup question for you and we might have the same character, but who's your favorite character of the season? Um, If I picked a minor character, I love Red Jack. Yeah, he was he was a beast. He was really good. Um, his design was great. His his story was great. I I wanted to dive more, but we only got, you know, half an episode. Yeah, he um, he would have been a great villain on Arrow for an entire yeah. season. Like he would have been yeah. so good as a villain on Arrow, or um, even the Legends. Guy that, the guy I'm, you know, gonna be ignorant and not really sh- sure who played him, but he was he was amazing. Yeah, and. His look was creepy but elegant at the same time, like, and you know, with the butterflies and everything, it was amazing. Yep. Um, so he was one of my favorite. But if I had to pick the major character, was uh, Jane. Yeah. Again, like seriously, she, uh, Diane Guerrero is a yeah. beast. Like, the even when she's jumping into other characters, like she's such a good actress. Like, I wouldn't like. I know that this is a DC property, and Jessica Cruz is also a DC property as a Green Lantern. But Diane Guerrero needs to be a Green Lantern, like ASAP. Yeah. Like that could be one of Jane's personas. Like, yeah, she's good. She's great. She's like, she's a great actress. I I love everything. Like, it. I kind of felt. I felt super bad when she was like diving into the origins in the seventies when she's like at that sex party, and like yeah. she like she's like just laying there taking it, and you know she doesn't want to, but. She's just being being a good girl as opposed to being herself. It was man, that was a that was a hard episode to watch, and and that's where we saw Miranda leaving and Jane taking over. Um, yeah, which and Miranda really cool. sucks. Yeah, oh, Ugh, Miranda's awful, terrible, um, terrible character. But uh, you know they they really dove it, and it was and kind of thing with the storyline like. They slowly were building her story, and then the last two episodes was like, "We're just going to throw everything at Jane," and it's like, "What?" Yeah, we don't, we don't even know if she's alive anymore. Yeah, like, so, but you know, like, she was like swimming towards the light. Yeah. Um, so, by far, and I think we talked about this. Jane is my favorite character. Yeah, she she's my favorite of the team. Um, favorite character of season two is Dorothy. Um, yeah, mainly because Abigail Shapiro is a grown woman and she's playing a, an 11 year old girl who's like coming to age and dealing with puberty and dealing with, you know, her father dying and, you know, crazy stuff. And I think she absolutely crushed it. So she's definitely like she's the MVP of the season. And, you know, you and I kind of when we previewed this episode, uh, previewed the season, we were wondering what was going to happen with Dorothy. And she was the character to watch. And it absolutely paid off. Yeah, I mean, here's a grown woman playing a 100-year-old, 11-year-old. Yeah, weird, right? <laughs> and uh, the, the makeup was really good. You know, the the makeup department, that re- they really made her look like this grotesque, half-ape, Neanderthal woman, little girl. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she was great. 
Yeah. Um, and to kudos to the makeup department. I, I think they do uh, unsung heroes of this series because they really do a great job on capturing each character and making them look like they're, you know, their comic, um, all like, um, alternate counterpart thank you um and another shout out to to mark ashworth uh he got to he was in doom patrol and he played the the ringleader for the first two episodes so shout out to him uh let's go to uh what's your look well favorite favorite episode obviously is the one with red jack right no wow that was my Um, favorite one red jack was awesome but mine was episode four sex patrol i knew that you're you're a freak i knew that would be your favorite episode um I, I kind of predicted, not predicted, but I was like, oh, Sex Men should be in uh, season two. And you were like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Dude, the uh, day after we put the episode up, they announced it. It was crazy. It's like you had an uh, inside spot on Doom Patrol. So the only thing is they didn't they didn't look like the Sex Men. Mm-mm, not at all. Um, you know, they were they were basically paranormal sex Ghostbusters. Nothing wrong with that, man. It happens. What do you think? And, what do you think ectoplasm is? And the whole scene with like Flex getting Rita to get off, yeah. and weird. Then uh, shadowy Mister Evans, creepy as shit. Yeah, just lurking in the corners. And the friggin' then you had that demon sex baby. Yep. I was like, what the f-? like? That's probably what. I think I liked it more because it was like Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean, you um, started this this review saying it might be too weird for me and pointed out the weirdest episode as your favorite. Like if you're if you're not pot calling the kettle black right now, it, it's uh, I don't know what is. I I know. And it's just that episode was so ridiculous. And you know, we still see I think it was at the last episode is two ghosts banging. Yeah, you know, there's they're, They're still there. Part of the house now. Yeah. Um. So it's. I because that episode was fun. Like it was the most ridiculous episode. Um. But I I remember watching it on the couch and sitting there. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. And. That so that's why it's my favorite episode. Yeah. Um. I wonder if they have to get a sexorcism. To get those ghosts out of the house. I, I'm here all week. But uh, my favorite was the one with Red Jack. I'm just going to put it out there. We talked about it in our review, so you can go check that out. But uh, it's definitely, I think that one is maybe the most theatrical uh, and the best storytelling of season two is the one with Red Jack. Now, on to season 2B, a.k.a. season three, what are you looking forward to? You know, this is a hard one because I really have no idea where they're going to go. Um you know, the last thing we saw was Dorothy being taken by um, Candlemaker. The Candlemaker into the fire. And boom. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Doom Patrol, so I don't know, you know, the whole Dorothy storyline and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm not really expecting it. I'm expecting it to be weird again. Yeah. Could you imagine if they you know, toned it down a little bit and made it like a, a lawyer drama? And, you know, now it's going to be exclusively HBO Max. Yeah. So, I mean, not that they couldn't go weird before, but now, now they might actually have extra money now because they were off of, off of, um, an app that was seven dollars, and now HBO's got a lot more money. Yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows what Warner Media wants to do with DC Comics? Yeah. We don't know if if Doom Patrol makes money. And uh, honestly, 
um, I know everything from DC Comics uh, has moved to, or DC Universe has moved over to HBO, but nobody's talked to the uh, to the Harley Quinn uh, producers about season three, and nobody's talked to uh, the Titans producers about season three. So there's a, there's a lot in the winds. So uh, I think that they are huge prop. I think they're huge series that you can capitalize on. But we'll see. Um, for me. I want more comic book characters. Uh, I think the thing that I like most about Doom Patrol is that they do introduce a ton of characters in, in their seasons. Uh, first three episodes, we got three different com- three or four different comic book characters, and I'd like to see a couple. I want to see Danny the Ambulance for sure. I think yeah. we're I think we're at the point where that's about to happen. Um, and any yeah. episode that Danny's in, a la the Sex Patrol episode, uh, is fantastic. It's some of the best stuff that they they do. They do that very well. Um, and the only other character I want to see at this moment is Lotion. Lotion? Lotion the cat. He's like a homeless cat. Uh, I don't know about this. Guy. Oh, I, I, have, you were gonna say- I have a shirt with lotion on it, and I love it. I love I it. I thought you were going to talk about the bandage people, because we've talked about them in a couple previews. No, that's definitely going to happen. I think season three is Bandage City. If you're going to have the... If, if the ambulance shows up, and they're going to stick with like the medical vibe, the bandage people show up. They're good to go. Uh, and last, last but not least, I want to see a huge superhero style battle with the candle maker they are setting this show up that the doom patrol are superheroes and i have not seen anything super nor heroic at this moment and i need to see that for me to continue watching this show the only heroic we've seen was uh reminded me of you the beekeeper when yeah. uh when rita turns into the beekeeper and ruins it yeah and you're that's you yeah that's been my you're, life for the past few weeks you're the beekeeper. Yeah. But that was the only heroic thing is when she punched that dude and was like, hello. Yeah. In her beekeeper in her, suit. In her I was, like, oh, it's, I was like, oh, it's Jim. So let me ask you a question, and then we'll move to Stargirl. Which series, if they made a spinoff series, which series would you have rather wanted to watch? The Cliff and Vic series or the Cyborg Beekeeper series? Because they kind of spoofed us with two episodes of like 70s cop drama or cop, cop comedies. Well, either way, Vic's in it, and I'm not a fan of him. Oh, he's um, liked our post before. You got to show Jovian Wade some some respect. Put some respect on his name. There's nothing against him. I just don't like the character. You don't um, like Cyborg? No. Oh man. Not not in this. I I'm, I'm not a fan of. He's one of my least favorite characters. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's, that's tough. Probably the Beekeeper. Yeah, me too. I I hate Cliff. He's my least favorite character on this series. Um, and it's not because I don't like Brendan F- Fraser. I just do not like Cliff. Uh, anyway, let's oh, let's move on to a series that we both like. Uh, I think it, it's fair to say, and that's Stargirl. Um, man, let's, let's go back 13 weeks, maybe 14 weeks, when we did a Stargirl preview. And I said, I don't know if we're going to like this. This is this is a series that get, is getting the one episode treatment for me. If I don't like it, I'm going to put it on the back burner. And what I will say, and spoiler alerts to follow, this is and has been the best series that DC has put out in 2019 and 2020. That beats the final season of Arrow. It beats Titan season two. This was a fresh and fantastic series with great character development. Uh, it had the right balance of campy and gritty to give you that perfect comic book vibe. 
Um, and I liked that the villains got the same amount of character development as the heroes. You don't see that. And it kind of like that point sticks out with me with DC where what if DC and we kind of talked about how to fix DC a little bit. What if DC focused on creating and recruiting the Injustice Society or the Legion of Doom in movies and that's where your 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 universe connects. You focus on the villains in the movie with the hero and that's what brings the heroes together instead of just saying, "Well, let's do Justice League first movie." Out the gates. They're all friends. They know each other. Yeah, I mean, I love Legion of Doom and it goes back to like the Super Friends when you know, you see the the dome, the Legion dome. Yeah. And um we got to see that in metal. Um just awesome. Yep. But I would always I always want to see. I always want to see a Legion of Doom movie. Um or focus on the Legion of Doom. Yeah, so I mean that would I'd like to see them, that would I'd like to see them build their universe through the villains in each movie. So, yeah. like at the end of Superman, Lex Luthor is meeting with Black Manta and that sets up Aquaman. Instead of saying that Superman knows Aquaman, let the let the criminals know each other. I think that that would be yeah. the what best way to build your your Avengers, if you will. Yeah, definitely. You know, you have like a everything's connected and you you need this cabal you need this yeah it it's not so much one big bad it's a collective bad yeah and i and i think that's that hasn't really been done in the movies you know yeah we had hydra but that was more of an organization rather than you know separate players coming together yeah, teaming form. teaming up to beat the bad, to beat the good. Yeah. Yeah. So what you Definitely. think? What you think of Star Girl? What were your thoughts of season one of uh, the hit DC Universe series? In my mind, I think it was a good first season. I thought it was a very good start. Uh, as I'm going to piggyback on what you said, character development. The character development was one of the best I've seen in years. Yeah. And. You know, I didn't love every character, but it definitely built on everybody. And then even, like you said, the villains, like, you know, Sportsmaster, who was kind of a minor villain. You got a backstory on Yep. Tigress. Yeah. And you, you know, and it didn't seem, and I'm going to kind of go back from what a D, DC was didn't seem murky or um, jumbled yeah you know it the season flowed very well it had one central storyline and it didn't stray from that to where like I said Doom Patrol I think straight where this was one storyline and yes you know our man got his little story and um, brainwave you know, yeah they got their st- separate stories but it all connected and it all made sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, to where Doom Patrol, like a lot of that stuff didn't make any sense. It was no read. Like if you took out the Red Jack episode, nothing would have. Yeah, that never hurt. came. That never came back to the conversation, which is crazy. Yeah, and there was nothing like that in Star Girl. Like everything connected. Everything had a purpose. 
if they talked about this one character, you know what? It's because it's going to set something up in two to three episodes. So the the writing on this show was amazing, yeah. and how they how they connected everyone, and it was they didn't go off to space. They didn't go off to here. It was one small town that everything connected. Yeah, um, I also think that. This had the most oh shit moments for me in a DC series in in a while. Like when Icicle killed the magician, you know, and his yeah. son. I was like, oh my god, is this this is how we're starting season like episode one? This is what's happening. And then Henry gets killed, and like when Henry died, I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me! Like I thought that that he, they found the strongest member of the New Justice uh, Society of America. I was like, he's gonna team up with them, and he dies. And his dad kills him. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. But then there's more. Shiv kills Dr. Drag- Dr. Ivo. Yeah. I hated Shiv so much. But, the, you uh. know, that happens and you're like, oh, my God. But, like, when they focused on, like, they let her out. I was like, she's going to kill her dad. And Chelsea's like, no, she's not going to kill her dad. I'm like, she's going to kill her dad. And she killed her dad. And I was like, this show is stacking up oh, crap moments all the way to the end credit scene when Joel McHale shows up. And he's looking for Stripesy. Yeah. I was like, oh, crap. Like, what is happening? So let's go to favorite episodes. Um, I have four, <laughs> which is, uh, <laughs> like, it was it was extremely hard to pick. Um, the first two are part one and part two, and that's Shiv, the Shiv series. I thought that that was really good. I liked, uh, you know, I was a big fan of Shiv going into our preview. I said I expect her to be in the series. I expect her to be a big character in the series, and we got her, and I like the pay- the payout, and that kind of alluded to um, my next favorite one that kind of ushered in a character that I think we might be biased about, but also crushed it, and uh, Shining Night episode I thought was brilliant, um, and that's not just because Mark was on the podcast, but I thought that the acting was fantastic. There's so much story there for for Shining Night and for Justin and for you know, the seven soldiers of victory that that could be its own series. So it had a lot of intrigue there. It was a very, I'm going to say gripping episode because I really, really liked that one. And finally, my fourth one was, um, uh, strike part two, the finale, uh, because my God, it started, it's, it ended how it started big superhero supervillain battle. And I think that that was awesome. And then it ends on Christmas and you're like, man, this is a happy, happy show. Like, yeah. You, you end on Christmas, and you're like, everybody's happy. Uh, there were some cheesy, like, party jokes going on. I was like, ah, oh, this is perfect for me. This is just like how a comic book run would end. So what was your favorite episode? Um, I really liked the Shining Night episode. Um, Mark killed it. And like you said, it it has so much potential to be a spinoff. Uh, I don't think it will ever come to fruition, but uh, there's so much storyline there, and hopefully, you know, we get to see more of that in season two. Yeah. Um, but if I had to pick one was, um, it was uh, stars and stripes part two, the finale yeah, episode. That was 13. awesome. So good. Um, you know, we, we finally got to see, and like you said, it was, it was kind of like a mirror effect. So we seen the very first episode, we seen these, our main justice league or justice society of America. And they're failing and they're, being killed left and right and it's just a devastating battle and then 13 episodes later you have the new justice society of america and they're winning and they're 
you know, they're basically, and some of them are parents, you know, like our man is, uh, taking the mantle up from his father. So, yeah. you know, you get these like pass the torch moment to where it's from episode one to episode 13. And it's, it's a good mirror effect, you know, um, that's where the storyline comes in. And, you know, these characters just build up, build up, build up. And then you finally see the, uh, the final product. And one of the ocean moments you were talking about in the final episode, and I'm really intrigued to see where they go with this character is when Yolanda killed brainwave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yolanda's got a storyline coming. I can see it. And, you know, they kind of, she's, she was damaged. And she was, you know, damaged from from Henry, and she was kind of getting her her life back together because of Black Cat, not Black Cat, Wildcat, uh, Wildcat, and you know she killed Brainwave, and you see at the end when they're at at the track sitting in this, you can tell she's damaged. Yeah, again, and this is going to take a toll on her, and I think she's going to have such a huge storyline. The end of the next season. And I think it's going to be not a good one for her. I think it's really going to, you know, she's going to be battling this. She killed somebody. Yeah. And I want to see how they take that because she's a kid. You know, these are kids. Yeah. And the fact that she has to live with herself for the rest of life, that I killed somebody, um, is, I think, a great storyline that, you know, I really hope they, they dive more into. Yeah, me too. Um in terms of favorite characters, uh, again, I couldn't just pick one, so I, I kind of staggered it. If I'm going to pick the JSA characters, um, I really liked Rick. Um, I don't think that I li- liked him for the same reasons that everybody else is going to like him. I like that he played how you would if you got powers for an hour and you had to avenge the death of your family. Um, he was in it for his personal reasons, and then he became a team player. So I... I think that they fleshed out his character very well. And I like that we got to see the struggles of jostling power with responsibility and stuff like that. It's that old adage, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, So I like that part. Uh, In the villains, I think Icicle, Jordan Mockant was dope. He crushed it. uh, Neil Jackson was amazing in this. Like He was really good. And I also like Sports uh, Sportsmaster because it's Sportsmaster. Why not? Uh, And I think that there's, there's more there with him. But overall... Uh, I'm kind of stuck between two characters. Uh, I like Justin a lot as my favorite because you go from a background character to the forefront character with so many layers. You know, he it, you think he's going through dementia or you think he's like having these like, PTSD flashbacks, but he's a man without a memory. And I really like that how that was played. And then he comes in as a as a hero, but then he feels like he failed the team, and then he's redeemed with the team, and then he has to go on his own vision quest and he has to find answers. And I and I like that, but. God, if I I'm so upset to say this, but Pat, <laughs> like stepdad Pat was a, uh, Luke Wilson crushed it. Oh my God, can, the the best character of the you? show. Is he your favorite? He's my favorite. He was so good. He yeah. who thought like in what world would we say that Luke Wilson was the best part of a superhero show? Yeah, um, he earned uh, his I he earned you- his paycheck every thirteen yeah. episodes. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to jump jump right in. Um, you know, uh, Justin, the janitor, Mark, um, he he killed it, and he was one of my favorite characters. Uh, like I said, 
Um, he he had a very minor role, but the depth he gave that character. You know, you you felt his pain. You felt he was this fighting for this memory that he he can't remember, and you felt that in Mark's performance. And you know, I love Justin, um, but Pat. And yeah, Pat. <laughs> that's why I. That's why I laughed when you said because I did not see that coming. Because I'm sit and I literally was ready to go. Okay, you're gonna give me shit for this. My favorite character was Pat. I thought you were gonna give me a lot of shit. Um, the main reason, and this sounds pretty stupid, is because I can't relate to these younger characters anymore. But you, know, you can, can relate, relate to stepdad Pat. I can relate to stepdad Pat yeah. because. <laughs> I am a stepfather myself and it is hard to kind of build a relationship with someone like he did with Courtney and kind of my daughter is going to be 13 next week. So, you know, we're battling back and forth and it's kind of the same way. Like he was such loving and nurturing and he was looking out for Courtney the entire time. And as much as she wanted to think that he was being this, you know, overbearing and overprotective figure in her life, you know, at the end she realized that he knew what he was talking about. He knew he had her and the kids' best interest at heart. And to me, that kind of struck a chord to me because I, you know, um, being sure. a, being a step parent and stepping in and taking the role isn't easy and isn't always glamorous but at the end of the day you still love this person and you chose to be here um you know like they showed her father that was a piece of shit yeah he was um relatable (laughs) yeah yeah basically um you know and you and uh, you know i'm not trying to get this into a step parent uh thing but you know we choose and step parents choose to be in someone's life and love them like their own and to me, that struck a chord with me with Pat. So that was kind of my favorite thing because he was, you know, he was goofy and he's kind of a lot like me. Like, you know, uh, I, I would like to say I'm goofy and lovable. And that's kind of how Pat was. And, you know, he was just as the protector of the whole series. And Luke Wilson knocked it out of the park. When they cast Luke Wilson, I'm like, are you just kidding me? Yeah. Really? Luke Wilson? And uh, I couldn't imagine anyone else in this role plays a perfect stepdad man he was and even him as stripes was uh was awesome yeah so and i'm also really curious to see what happens with him and uh sylvester in season two but yeah um i have one thing that didn't work uh of all this praise that i'm gonna heap on this show the one thing that didn't work for me um was beth (laughs) and hear me out i I've read the comments, and I know a lot of people don't like Beth. And I know you're not a big fan of Beth either. She's probably your least favorite on the show. Um, I think that is, from a writing stance, their fault. Their fault. Um, I think they made her unrelatable and unlikable um, and made her very childish. But I think that's her character. I think that she is a very sheltered child. She's obviously picked on in school. She had no friends. She was you know, best friends with her mom and her dad. And we all know that kid in high school. We all know that person. But I think from a writing standpoint, they have to redeem Dr. Midnight slash Beth in season two because they really 
when it comes to Dr. Midnight, you, you didn't even need Dr. Midnight in, in any of the fights, in my mind, because it the goggles offered nothing because the gambler was always there to counteract the goggles until that one moment. So, you know, Chuck, like you, uh, you, you had a name drop in this, so second time you can relate with a character. Uh, but when when Chuck died, you know, Beth's got another dark path ahead, just like Yolanda, like you said. She lost her only friend, somebody who was relatable. Uh, it's kind of like that movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix when he fell in love with the computer. It, yeah. it, you know, it's Beth and Chuck. So I think Angelica, uh, I think her name's Washington, uh, but I, I think Beth needs to be fleshed out a little bit more. Uh, what didn't work for you? Beth. Beth. I knew it. Yeah, I, and that's why I keep laughing because my, you know, I'm looking at my notes and it, it's like we wrote these notes together because we're pretty on board with everything. Um, I found her extremely annoying and sometimes unbearable. Oof. It's tough. That's a tough praise. And it and it has nothing, again, you know, nothing against the actress herself. Like you said, it was the way they wrote her. They made her clingy, needy, and just downright annoying. Yeah. And you know, there was times where I just was like, oh, like get off the screen. Like it, it. Some of it was unwatchable. Um, and you know, the fact that like. Even her parents found her annoying. <laughs> yeah. They were like, get out of here, Beth. And she was like, oh, I made you tuna salad today. And they were like, oh, thank you. Eh. She was like the Meg Griffin of, of uh, Stargirl. Yeah. I think nobody and, likes Meg. You know, that that was my biggest gripe was uh, the character Beth. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think the actress, um, I believe her name is uh, Angelica Washington, uh, was, was great because, like, we thought that she was a kid. And she's like 29 years old. <laughs> she yeah, really? so she she, she they, they're all much older than they appear. So she really did a good job playing a child, just like uh, Abigail Shapiro did uh, in in Doom Patrol. Last thing for this, and then we'll we'll go into overtime thoughts. We already talked about the finale, but how do you think that sets up season two? Uh, you know, it it. I think the biggest thing is going to be Starman. Yeah, and you know, I kind of had a feeling we we're going to see. Starman again, because even though Joe McHale isn't a household big name, he's a little too recognizable of a name to throw in there for one episode and then kill him off. Yeah. So I, I never believed that Starman was dead or the Sylvester character was gone. Um, I like to know what happened. Yeah. And where he's been for what thirteen years, or however long it's been. Um, so I'm really curious with that. So that's the biggest thing. Um, and then, you know, I want to see more because this whole battle and I brought it up with Yolanda is going to affect the team. Yeah. And how it affects the team is, uh, where I want to see them go. Yeah. And you, you kind of, you kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit earlier and like, it kind of was foreshadowing to what I was expecting. It's going to be darker. Um, one from a character's perspective because of what has come after Stars and Stripes Part One, uh, Part Two, but also because the characters that they're introducing. Um, the finale gave us big bad for season two, Eclipso, yeah. uh, who is like a demigod of darkness. 
like the worst. And I know you uh, remember the witching hour, the Wonder Woman witching hour. Eclipso was part of that. And Eclipso is currently a big part of the Justice League Dark comics. So it's kind of setting up the Justice Society Dark, which is cool. Um, Also, the smoky figure is the shade. So you're bringing in the shade who can kind of just destroy everything that uh, Icicle worked on. So you're bringing in two really dark and powerful characters um, to a town that their heroes are teenagers. So there's there's a lot to go there. So it sets up that. I also think that the finale sets up season two for Mike's superhero moment because he, you know, he kills Icicle, but I think he's going to get a suit. You do you still think he's going to be Green Lantern? I think so, man. I think he's either going to be Green Lantern or some like maybe like Doctor Fate, like a because he's kind of smart. So I think I think that there's some something going on with Mike. I think he's going to get his moment. I also would like to see kind of piggybacks off of that new members of the JSA. I think I think they need at least one or two new members. Uh, because yeah. if you're going up against Eclipso with that lineup, I don't think it's going to happen unless Justin comes back with the seven soldiers of victory, which is also what I want to see. So if that happens, I think that sets it up. And also, I think we're going to see some twists and surprises with our boy Sylvester Starman. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to this. And 14 weeks ago, I wouldn't be thought i would be saying this it'd be like i'm excited about star girl season two yeah um it kind of brings us into uh overtime and uh as we talk dc fandom and that comes up on dc fandom is like an immersive dc comic-con that takes place this saturday and sunday august 22nd and 23rd but what i will say is uh it's not even on my notes but the first thing that i'm excited about about dc uh fandom is i want to see the star girl panel I want to see what comes up, and it's uh, I'm going to watch that. I have zero plans on Saturday and Sunday, so I'm watching everything. Uh, I will be on the main stage from sunup to sundown. And, uh, you know, Chelsea might be mad at me, but it is what it is. Um, so yeah, let- I uh, – oh, to go where you were saying is I told you, and I kind of told my wife and my daughter, like, this is a con day for me. If I was at a con, I would not be home. Yeah. Don't think I'm home. And my wife found out that she has to go into work late, like four o'clock. And I told her, I'm like, do something, go in the bedroom. Like, yeah. I'm going to have my laptop going. I'm going to have, try to watch panels on the TV. I'm going to have my, my phone. Like I'm going to be, we're probably going to be connecting back and forth all day. We're, we're probably going to FaceTime during every panel. Yeah. And this is, you know, I told her like, this is my con day. Like I actually bought a brand new shirt just for Saturday. Of course you did. Of course and you did. I, and I can't wait for you to see it. Cause I just got it delivered today. Nice. Um, so, and as I said, I always wear a brand new shirt to con. It's con day. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to shower, brush my teeth. Like I would on a normal day, not Saturday laying around doing nothing. You know, I'm so excited about this and, I'm, I'm there. I, I looked at every panel. I'm probably gonna watch every panel. Yeah, it's crazy because like 
they have panels for every 15 minutes because there's four or five different stages, quote unquote stages. There's over 300 guests that are announced. There's going yeah. to be several more. Um, everybody from Robert Pattinson's Batman to you know, to Beth are, is going to be there. Uh, so you're getting pretty much every scope of DC uh, you can. So what are some of the things that you are, you're looking forward to um, as far as like that's been announced? So I gave a list of panels that I'm really – and I was looking and I'm like – I started – I'm like, I'm putting all of them. Yeah. But if I have to highlight um, the first one just because it was on the schedule now, I want to see the Flash panel. Yeah, me too. And – and the Flash movie, not the Flash TV show. I mean, I'll still probably watch that one, too. But this movie has been so up in the air. It's happening. It's not happening. And this is going on. This is going on. I want to see what they want to talk about. And um, they only have Miller and any Machete that is supposed to be on there. Could be more. Um, I want to see what they talk about. Yeah. I'm I, Honestly, I'm expecting Michael Keaton to show up. Yeah. Um, and, and what the great thing about this is, is that can happen. You know, everyone's doing it from home. Everyone's doing, you know, it's, it's going to be, you can just add anybody. Um, the other panels I'm looking forward to suicide squad. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to get a trailer. Okay. Or, um, and then it says with cast and director. So it's going to be everybody. Um, I have a feeling we're going to get breakdown of characters who, everyone's playing because you know we know we know a handful of people we don't know everybody yeah that's um, what that's that's what uh, first for to piggyback off of those two because i don't want to sound repetitive um definitely i want to know more about flashpoint i want batman to be confirmed i want michael yeah. keaton to be confirmed um suicide squad breakdowns number one um i'm expecting some some footage for sure um and i'm thinking it's not going to be a trailer per se i think it's going to be like a sizzle reel uh which i'm still gonna be fine with but i want to know who idris elba's playing uh, mainly that's yeah. the the one and I'm you know I'm calling it I think he's bronze tiger but you know he could be playing some kind of cyber cybernetic character that we don't know or that we don't even think about uh what else are you looking forward to um the surprise DC comics panel yeah uh you know kind of what we were saying earlier we don't know what's going on and they're canceling but they're gonna have a comic panel and it's a surprise. So we could get some new titles and um, new storylines would be awesome. Uh, obviously, the Snyder Cut panel with with Snyder, mm-hmm. with Scott Snyder. Um, Zack Snyder. Know, now that, Zack Snyder, I'm sorry. Um, now that we actually have HBO Max, me and you, yeah. uh, little, <laughs> looking forward to it a little more um, because I know I don't have to sign up for a trial and I just start watching it. Um, you know, one of the biggest one, Black Adam. Yes. Um, you know, we saw a a small promo panel or a promo image. It was kind of hard to tell. It just looked like the rock inside a Egyptian yeah um temple. Uh, and it says the you know Dwayne Johnson with surprises. So you know, I talk we talked about this briefly off air. They're looking to cast uh, Hawkman, so yep. maybe we get something like that. So, um, so we get Alexander Skarsgård, who they're eyeing to play Hawkman, show up. That would be awesome. Um, yeah. And then this one is is really intriguing. T- 
title to be announced. Um, and they put it up there to themselves, and it's a question mark movie. So is it is it the long awaited Batgirl movie? Is it Zatanna? Hopefully, it's not a what Zatanna. Yeah, hopefully it's not a Harley Quinn spinoff siren movie like they've been talking about. Um, and then the final two is a Suicide uh, Squad kill the Justice League video game panel. I think that would be awesome. Um, maybe we get some gameplay footage. Yeah. And then finally, you know, the Batman. Yeah. With Reeves and surprises. So um, it's a kind of a long list that I want to see. Like I said, I'm probably going to watch every panel. I'm going to have different, like I said, my phone, my laptop set up. I might even have my wife's laptop, laptop set up. You know, I'm going to, it's going to be uh, DC Fandom headquarters in, yeah. my, in my living room. Um, what are you looking forward to? Because I kind of was long-winded with that. No, no. I mean, it's uh, it's. I echo everything that you're looking forward to. Um, obviously, the TV stuff for sure. Uh, I want to see what goes on with seasons, you know, seven, eight, nine, three, four, whatever. Um, but none of that stuff is going to have any, you know, footage because of COVID. Everything was shut down. Um, yeah. Mainly, you know, it's the DCU stuff. I want to see a little bit more of Wonder Woman eighty four. Expecting that we're finally going to see a full Cheetah reveal. Um, Batman, I think we're going to get footage, but I don't think we're going to get a trailer. I think we're going to get like rooftop banner between Jeffrey Wright and Robert Pattinson, but we still get to see the suit. We get to hear the Batman voice. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, the black Adam one is probably the main one that I'm looking forward to besides the Batman, because I think that when you look at black Adam, you have to introduce some JSA characters, Dr. Uh, Dr. Fate. You have to introduce Cyclone. You have to introduce Hawkman. And then, you have to introduce Black Adam's wife, and that's Isis. So I think you're going to see a lot of characters show up. Uh, we know that Noah Centineo is probably going to show up as Adam Smasher, and I saw a picture of him, and he's absolutely ripped. Like, he's He-Man ripped. He's ready. Um, so I'm excited for that. But it's it's what it's not announced that I'm looking forward to the most. Um, I want to know about that new Batman game. I want to find out more about Shazam 2. Um, I know Aquaman's got a panel, but Momoa's not going to be there. I want to know about that. Is the Trench movie happening? Are we getting a spinoff to uh, Birds of Prey? Are we getting a sequel? What's going on with New Gods? You know, uh, I want to know about that. And I think the biggest thing for me is like the what ifs is are we getting that Green Lantern series or movie? Yeah. Like what's going on? I expect a lot of things from HBO Max because we are told a lot of things that Zatanna is coming, that Justice League Dark's coming, that Adam Strange is coming, that Green Lanterns are coming. I want stuff. I want details, and I want to know what these mystery movies are. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, there's so much on there, and the cast list is huge. I know you and I talked about two names that aren't on there, that are on there, that were like, "What yeah. is going on?" And that's Terry Crews and Henry Winkler. Um, yeah. I'm I'm thinking Henry Winkler is going to be in Shazam. I think he's going to be either cast in Shazam or he's going to join the Flash or something like that. I now hear me out. Okay. Older character, Jay Garrick. I mean, I could see it. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, it doesn't. Henry Winkler is a legend. He's an award winner. Um, he's on the up and up with Barry and all that stuff. So. Um, I know that they wanted him and they got him. So we'll, we'll see. And, you know, he might just be doing a – he might direct something. Who knows? Um, Terry Crews, on the other hand, is kind of intriguing because I know a few years ago Terry Crews said that he wanted to start writing comics. So maybe 
he's that mystery comic panel and he's introducing a new character or a new series that he's writing or drawing. So I don't know about that. Or now hear me out here. I think Terry Crews is going to be cast as Lobo. I think we're going to get a different version of Lobo and I see your face, but I'm trying to think if Terry Crews is going to be cast as a superhero, who's he cast as? Is he going to be Lobo? It doesn't make sense. The only other person I could think of is we get a brand new early incarnation of Dr. Fate in Black Adam because what a ridiculous scene if you have The Rock who looks like a mountain and you have Terry Crews who looks like the same size mountain on the same like fighting each other. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh that that would be interesting. Um he would actually be a good bronze tiger. I don't know. Bronze tiger's a little quicker, a little leaner and a little less comedic. I, I mean, mean, what if they make him Bane? Like you know how DC does with characters? Yeah. They might I mean, it's totally reimagining a character, but if you're going like if you're thinking like, let's say Black Adam takes place in an origin, so it's early, it's early Kenosha, it's early Egypt, like it's early that area, Middle East or um, Upper Africa. I could see uh, Terry Crews as the bad guy, or like, hear me out. Here's another. This is called Hear Me Out Part Seven. What if the villain to Black Adam is a villain that we've already seen on the DC universe that we both love? And it's played by Terry Crews, and it's Vandal Savage. That would be pretty cool. I would be okay with that one. Um, you know, Terry Crews has been on our radar for a comic role for years. Yep. Um, he got his moment, though. He got a superhero moment in Deadpool 2. Yeah. George Washington Bridge. But, um, you know... When we went, when that list was announced of guests, I literally went through every single name. There's 300 and of them. It's were, crazy. And yeah, it took me a while. And I'm, and, and you know, some names I didn't know because it might have been some comic artist or um, a writer that I wasn't sure. But you know, there were some names that like, and they were the only two names. And I brought that up to you. I'm like, who the hell? And watch it be like, they're voicing a character in the video game. Yeah. You know, Terry um, Crews is joining be. Harley Quinn part, uh, season three. Yeah, it really could be nothing, or it could be huge. Um, but I, and the, we're making such a big deal about this, and it's going. It could be nothing, but it, it's fun to speculate because this is something new. You know, Marvel and Disney has done nothing like this, and no, you know, they're getting a lot of virtual cons out there now because of COVID. But this is by far probably the biggest thing. That anyone has ever done. Well, they did D23, but it wasn't virtual. That's yeah. like the Disney Marvel stuff. But like we, we, we're never going to get press passes for it. And we're not going to yeah. fly to Anaheim. But if they made D23 virtual, oh my God. Could you imagine? But th- that's what I meant, a virtual. I, I know what you mean. Con. Uh, yeah, this is huge. This is, And you said, you said it. We are making a big deal about this. And yeah. uh, so much that episode two is going to be a reflection yeah. on DC fandom. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, Lucifer because that's coming out. That's coming out this week. So we'll be able to yes. review Lucifer and DC Fandom. But um, overall, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hyped are you for DC Fandom? 11. Okay. If this doesn't deliver, 
Are you done buying DC Comics? Probably not. Okay, me either. I, I'm at 11 too, and uh, I'm ride or die. Uh, I can't wait for this. It's, it's really exciting. Uh, like I said, man, this is a long episode, so I figure we might as well get out of here because we've got a lot of DC uh, to regurgitate next week. Uh, if you're not watching DC Fandom, um, it's okay. Come back here. We'll help you. We'll guide you through it. If you want to watch DC Fandom, it's on uh, dcfandom.com. Um, also, we are not sponsored by DC Fandom, although we would like some free merch for all the plugs that we're giving. So, DC, if you're listening, and AT&T, I have you as a cell phone provider. If you are listening, Terry Crews is Vandal Savage. Just saying. Warner Media, we're here. Uh, but, Chuck, that's it, man. We're out of here. Next week, like I said, DC, the State of DC Comics, Part 2. Um, you can follow us on social media. Instagram uh, is where I do the most content. That's the Active Geek. Uh, we are slowly accro- uh, approaching 1,000 followers. Yeah. We hit it last week, and then we lost two because they were spam accounts. So uh, I'm going to say it here. The next five people to follow act- the Active Geek on Instagram and to DM us and tell us you heard us from the podcast, we'll get a personalized shout-out on the next episode. Uh, support Chuck on Instagram, Chuck underscore the Active Geek. Galaxy Wars podcast every Monday. We just did project power and then next week we're also doing the umbrella academy which should be exciting um yeah that's it man we're uh, if i was a guest on something chuck do you believe that yes. i was a guest so um i know it, it's the dated but if you like ufc and you want to hear me talk about like like i know something about ufc uh you can go to uh my buddy and chuck's buddy friend of the podcast uh dan's new podcast called cage my iq on youtube or soundcloud or facebook under all everything entertainment and you can um, check me out on episode two as i talk and break down uh ufc 252 but for the active geek podcast i'm jim i am chuck and we are out